Thanks to Eero for supporting the Productivity Show. Never think about Wi-Fi again. To get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus, visit eero.com forward slash TPS and at checkout, enter TPS. Welcome to The Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get the important things done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. The more people you have in your family, the more having a reliable and trusted family calendar becomes critical. How do you keep everyone in the loop and do it in a way that avoids conflict and mismatched expectations? We'll share the three requirements a family calendar needs to have, the best practices around sharing a family calendar, and one activity that will make sure that everyone knows what the plan is for the week. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 235. And now, on with the show. Welcome, Brooks. Good to see you back here on the show. How are you today? I'm excellent. How are you? I am actually very tired. I just got back from the gym. It's been uh, a good streak now that I have going on. And uh, I just joined this gym. It's called Efficient Exercise. And when I first heard that, I thought, oh, this is the perfect gym for me. This is where I'm going to go. I've been really enjoying it. But we're going to be talking about family calendars today, which I'm also very excited about. So if you're listening today, you notice we've done a series now on calendars, which I'll talk a little bit about more uh, a little bit later in the show. But today we're going to be focusing specifically on using calendars in a household situation. Like if you have a family, maybe you live with a significant other, maybe you have a partner, like how do you use a shared calendar together? And before we do, we always like to start off our podcast with the top three productivity resources. I believe, Brooks, you put some stuff together today. Would you mind sharing those three resources with everybody here? Okay, so my three resources this time. Number one is the MPOW CD slot car phone mount. Now, there's 5 million types of phone mounts for cars, and I've tried a bunch of different ones, but I realized that I have a CD slot in my car. I have not played a CD in my car for I don't know how many years. So I got this mount. It fits the phone really well, and I really like it. So check that one out. Number two, for people who are into budgeting or who feel they could benefit from budgeting, I've just upgraded to the new, not new, but the new to me, web-based version of You Need a Budget, which is a online budgeting software. Really, really like the new version. So check that out if you're interested in getting your personal finances under control, or you can use it for businesses too. Lots of freelancers do. And number three, this is a bit of a strange one, but since we're talking about family calendars, the Monopoly Deal card game. Now that might sound like a weird productivity tool, but one of the things we're talking about today is spending time with your family and using the calendar to do that. And anyone who's played Monopoly knows that it can take a huge amount of time. Well, the Monopoly Deal card game eliminates the board, eliminates cash, and it allows you to have really, really fast games. And it's, it's really, really fun when you get a group together. So check out the Monopoly Deal card game, although you might not be speaking to your family after the game ends. But, you know, there's nothing I can do about that. 
those are my three tips. I actually am I'm about to organize this board game night with my friends. So I might have to try that one out. I like that one. Check it out. Now, as I just mentioned earlier in the show, we talked about calendars before on this podcast. If you have been following us for a while, you know that last week we talked about best practices using a calendar in the workplace and using it within your company. And then the week before then, we talked about how to use an analog calendar with a digital calendar together. So if you're just diving in and you're trying to figure out how to use a calendar, I would highly recommend you check out those episodes as well. So those are TPS 234 and 233. If you actually want to have like tips and strategies and how to set up your calendar, we actually have a course inside the dojo for that as well. But if you want to check out some free resources, I would highly recommend you check out episode 198 and 77. So anytime you hear a podcast episode number, you can always go to theproductivityshow.com slash that number. So if we mention 198, you can say, just go to theproductivityshow.com slash 198 and you'll be good to go. So Brooks, we're going to be talking about family calendars and why is it important to have a calendar for your household, for your family situation? Because can't you just talk to each other? Can't you just say, hey, wife, I'm going to be doing this today. What are you up to today? Or what are you doing next week? And can't you just be synchronized that way? Like, why would you actually need a calendar? Talking to each other, that's a that's a crazy idea. <laughs> no, yeah, and if it's just you and, and a partner, it's not too bad. I mean, you definitely still want to be using a, a calendar, but generally, you kind of know what each other's up to. You might text each other and say, hey, we have dinner Friday at 6, and you definitely want to ca- put that on your calendar, and we'll talk about that. But it's not too difficult to keep up with each other. And even when you have a baby or young kids, it's not too, too bad either, because Obviously, your kids are always going to be with you or whoever is looking after them when you're not at work. If they have lessons or something like that when they're younger, generally the kids often have it together. Maybe you have swimming lessons at the same time or skating or whatever at the same time. So even when you have young kids, it's not too, too bad. But once your kids get older, and just for a frame of reference for myself, my kids are... 13 and 11. And that's just where the perspective that I'm coming from. But other people we've talked to have a whole range of different ages. Once the kid gets older, kids get older, one or more kids, that's when it all goes crazy. You might be in one place with one kid at some sort of lesson, your partner or a grandparent or something has the kids at another place at the other side of the city, maybe one of you is traveling. And so Things just get out of control once you you start having a bit more complex family situation and you're always having to figure out what to do. And if you don't have a centralized place to see all that, it becomes very, very difficult. And so you need to have a way of seeing what's going on for the day, for the days coming up, for going forward. And I mean, this is going to sound really crazy, but... <laughs> A calendar or a lack thereof can be a huge source of stress and conflict in a family when people have different expectations for what should be happening during the day or the week. It can be a, a big a big problem, as strange as that sounds. This kind of reminds me of growing a business. And it's the whole idea of as soon as you start adding more people to your company or to your team, the complexity becomes so much bigger. So if you are just starting off and you're on your own, then okay, you know, 
you don't really need a calendar because it's just you, right? Like you're the solo entrepreneur, you're just starting off this consulting business or you're a freelancer and you're good to go. Then maybe you start working with clients, right? So clients could be like one of the people that you have to constantly be in contact with and and schedule stuff around and then they can be a part of your quote unquote calendar. Or if you don't have a service business like that, you could be working with maybe your assistant, right? Maybe that is the first person you hire. And then I've learned over time, as you start to grow your company, you start to add more people. And for every single person you add, the complexity significantly goes up, right? So if you if you think about like person A and person B, if they are in communication, whether that's text, Slack, or something else, usually everything can be in sync. Then you add a third person, person C, now things become a little bit more complex because person B and C could now be talking to each other with that person A, and then they they might be t- talking and arranging meetings and stuff like that, and then person A might not ever know about it. And then imagine you add a fourth person, person D, and now you have all these different private conversations going on, and now things just get a little crazy, right? So now you need this anchor point somewhere, like this anchor system in place that allows everybody to synchronize. So just hearing you share your story about your family and your kids, I can totally relate to that in the sense that, you know, it's almost like building a business and trying to get all of your team members aligned. Yeah, I never really thought about that before, but you're right. In fact, in the last episode that we recorded, TPS 235, or 234, sorry, when we talked about team calendars and work calendars, we were even saying the lack of, of knowledge and expectations over stuff around meetings can cause a lot of conflicts and problems don't need to be there. <laughs> I never really thought about it before, but it's the exact same thing in a family. It's 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 just translated to family members instead of coworkers. And it's that lack of transparency. It's that lack of knowledge of what's happening and that which leads to misaligned expectations, which leads to issues. So yeah, that's totally true. Sometimes I wonder if running a business is almost the same thing as running a tight household or family situation. But I'm curious to hear them from you, Brooks, knowing that, you know, you have business experience and then also running this household as well with your wife. What are some of the conflicts that you think the calendar kind of reduces or just avoids or just prevents from happening? Like, how does the calendar kind of fit in in that situation? Right. Well, first of all, People in general, but kids especially, thrive on predictability. So the more they kind of know what is happening, the better. And it, and it's the same with, well, even a even a coworker or or a, a partner as well. Same sort of thing. The the less surprises there are, the more predictability there is, the more harmonious things are. And especially once kids get to say preteen age. Or older, this becomes really, really important. And one of the AET members, Marie and I were talking about this before recording this episode, that when you're kind of like what I said earlier, where when your kids are younger, generally whatever they're doing, you're the one initiating it. If they're having a play date with a friend or going to spend time with a cousin, or if they have some sort of lesson or something like that, like you're the one involved in making that happen. Once your kids get to be tweens or teens, all of a sudden they're making plans completely independent of you. And so if they have an expectation of what's happening during the day, it really avoids conflict. So for example, an example both Marie and I were talking about is 
sometimes we'll get a, a text or our kids will come home and they'll say, oh, I, I want to go to my friend's house or I want to go play basketball at open gym or something like that. But then they find out they have a dentist appointment or something like that. And then it's a cause of conflict, right? They're, they're angry and disappointed because they can't do the thing that they wanted to do. Whereas if they knew that ahead of time that they had that dentist appointment and it's clear for everybody in the family, then they just know I'm not even going to make those plans after school because I know I have something. So it really gives the kids an appreciation and the the partner as well, an appreciation for what's happening. And then that just completely avoids that conflict in the first place. I tell people all the time, routine sets you free. And it's the whole idea of if you have predictability or structure in place in terms of what your week kind of looks like, it's really easy to then be quote unquote free because you can plan and do stuff around that. And I can imagine, especially with kids, if they know, hey, you know, I have soccer practice every Tuesday and Thursday at four, then obviously they can't make plans around that time. Right. But, you know, and this is kind of a different discussion because I've been hanging out with enough people where (laughs) the discussion of like, when should a kid have their own phone? And then, you know, coming to that into the equation of adding a calendar and then being able to contact them. Like that's a whole other different discussion, which I know (laughs) a lot of people have a different opinion on. So I'm not not even going to go there. But how do you then, Brooks, how do you convey that routine or schedule to them then? Like how, like, is there a specific house calendar where people can look at? Is it like a digital calendar? Like how do you build that routine and, and make it, make it known, I guess, to them? Right. Yeah. So that's why it's so important. And if you don't have something like this set up, we're going to be talking about specific action items to do, but that's why it's really important to set up these systems at home and to have everybody know about it. So for example, for for us, we do have a digital calendar that my wife and I share. It is accessible to the to the kids on their iPad and their phone. They can see it. Now I will be the first to admit that they're not the best at looking at that, which is why what we've done is we've implemented a separate whiteboard calendar that we have in the house as well. And then we have a a family routine and we'll get into the routine where we all kind of touch base on that on that calendar so that even if they never look at their phone, they still know that day what it is they have going on. So we kind of attack it from both vectors. That's what that's what we do. I know some families have like an analog calendar where they put stuff on the wall and everybody can kind of see what's going on there. And that makes it super easy for everybody in a household to kind of like walk by and see, oh, you know, there's stuff going on that particular day on the 15th. Like, let's make sure everybody's aware of that. And then they have the digital calendar as well, where they just keep it completely set. And that is usually more work-related stuff. So I have a meeting at 10 o'clock, right? So that doesn't affect the household as much, especially if you have a predictable schedule around work. If you know that, you know, your partner is going to be at work between nine and five, then it doesn't really usually matter what's, you know, what's going on between that time because, you know, that's their own personal calendar. So I can totally see that, but I'm curious to hear them from you, Brooks. And this is always entertaining to me as well is I'm sure you've had some disaster stories as well, where maybe you, you didn't use a calendar at a point in a point in your lifetime, or you just, 
like misused it or something else. So what are some extreme versions where, okay, we talked a little bit about like best practices, but what happens if you don't use a calendar or you misuse it? Yeah, well, just as an example, my wife is way more social than I am. So she always wants to meet up with other friends and families, plan things on the weekends. You know, if we have space during the evenings and weekends, you know, she wants to try to to arrange something. And there's been times if maybe I know something, like maybe I know there's a extra soccer game or something like that. I Some event I know, and for whatever reason, I didn't put it on the calendar, which is why I'm really aggressive about doing it. But anytime I do tend to forget to put something on, then I have to break it to her that this this plan that it's kind of like a kid in a way, I'm not saying my wife's like a kid, but it goes back to that whole, that whole uh, thing about expectations. You know, I have to say, oh, we can't do this thing you really want to do because I forgot to put it on. And then that becomes a whole thing. So that's like a solid death stare recipe is forgetting to put something on the calendar and then having to break that expectation. So that is something that's happened quite a few times. I can totally see if a person has a very high follow through score that they will get really upset when those plans get derailed. So yes. if you are listening right now and you know you have a high follow through score or you know that your partner has a high follow through score, then it can be really quote unquote devastating if they find out at the last minute that plans didn't go as they hoped they would go. So it's the whole idea of the person with high follow through usually likes to follow a structure when something is in place, they kind of like to, you know, stick to that plan and kind of keep it that way. And they don't like surprises or like last minute changes as much. So if you know that about your partner, or if you guys have ever taken a Colby test and we have a special episode on Colby as well, which you can find and we'll link to it in the show notes as well. But I can see that be very <laughs> conflicting in that sense and very, it can be very agitating to that person too. Yeah, and I could see how this could be, even the the concept of a calendar could be a source of a little bit of friction in a relationship. If you have one partner that is more like really, like you say, really structured, like want things, everything on the calendar. And the other, if the other partner is more like, oh, you know, we'll just see what happens. You know, we'll figure it out. If one partner is more go with the flow, that might be difficult, but it's good to have that conversation and figure out kind of a middle ground so that you have those big anchors, those things that you know you need to do on a calendar so that it allows the free, like you said, it allows the freedom for the more go with the flow stuff when you know what that flow has to go around <laughs> to to say it in a weird way, but you know what I mean. <laughs> As we're recording this live in front of the dojo audience, which is our private community and that we're doing this on video as well, everybody can see that I'm laughing really hard because it just brings up so many stories of I've I've probably missed out on dozens of potential life partners because they were just so terrible at using their calendar that I just could not envision that we could ever be together because I'm as everybody knows I'm pretty structured when it comes to my calendar and the other person was like the complete opposite and it was just driving me crazy if we just you know like couldn't work together on a calendar or find a middle ground somehow. It's just when you just said that, it just brought back so many memories. But we won't even go there on this episode. That'll be a different podcast to talk about. <laughs> That's our other dating podcast, our other calendar dating podcast, productive dating. <laughs>
Okay, let's talk about Eero, which I'm excited about because I'm a big fan. What's included in your Eero order? Well, you've got total network protection. Eero Plus offers the ability to block malicious and unwanted content across your entire network. Advanced security. You can have it check out the sites you visit against a database of millions of known threats, and then Eero Plus prevents you from accidentally visiting malicious sites without slowing anything down. You got content blocking. If you turn it on, Europlus can automatically tag sites that contain violent, illegal, or adult content, so you can choose what your kids can and cannot visit right in the Eero app. There's ad blocking, so you can get rid of annoying ads and pop-ups on all your devices. Ad blocking also improves load times for ad-heavy sites, so you can browse and stream faster than ever before. You also get third-party apps, so VPN protection from Encrypt.me, which is a VPN service I personally use. Password management from 1Password, a password manager we recommend a lot here at Asian Efficiency. And you get antivirus software from Malwarebytes. So years ago, my family moved into a new house, and it was a great move in every way except one. There were these mysterious and frustrating Wi-Fi dead zones, and they were in the most inconvenient places. Like around our living room sofa, for example, and the upstairs bedrooms were super shaky too. So I had a lot of heat on me to fix it. We put up with it for a long time, but after ages of my family getting annoyed at me whenever they had to go into the kitchen to FaceTime the grandparents, eventually in 2016, I had had enough and I bought an Eero system with three units. It was amazing. As soon as I set it up, and the setup was super easy, by the way, you just plug one of them into your modem and then quickly and easy go through the wizard in the app in your phone. We had Wi-Fi everywhere and our Wi-Fi dead zones were totally gone. So I've been a happy Eero user ever since, and that was with the first version. The second generation systems with beacons, which I've since installed, are even better and faster. I'm a big believer in distributed Wi-Fi systems like Eero. The customer support is excellent too. I had a question just a few days ago actually, and first they have phone support, which is awesome. But at that time I wasn't sure how it would go, so I didn't feel like calling. I just submitted my question through the website. Then literally minutes later, my phone rang. Now, 99% of the time, I don't pick up calls from numbers I don't recognize. But this time I thought, what if? And sure enough, it was Eero support and everything was solved in five minutes. It was unbelievable. So never think about Wi-Fi again. To get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero plus, visit Eero.com forward slash TPS and at checkout, enter TPS. I do remember Marie was bringing up this story where uh, Marie is one of our team members and she has uh, a son, Kirk. And one of Kirk's friends invited them to a party. And Marie actually forgot to put it on her calendar. So Marie is usually pretty good using her calendar. You know, she has everything, she has everything synchronized on her phone, on her Mac and everything. So she's usually pretty good. But she forgot to use it that one time when she got invited. And so on that particular day, when that party was going on, she was busy running errands and she totally forgot about the party. So by the time she came home, her son, Kirk, was already dressed up, ready to go, super excited. And when she arrived, she saw his like disappointing face, but he was all ready to go. And then she realized, oh my gosh, I totally forgot that party was going on. And because, you know, she didn't have it on our account, she had no clue and so her kid was so upset and she felt like like the worst mom in the world. And if you're listening, you probably have similar experiences like this. 
And so it just, you know, hopefully emphasizes that, you know, whatever system you build when it comes to synchronizing events, appointments with your family, like just stick to it as much as possible. And if, if you do drop the ball somewhere, there are some workarounds on that, right? So if, for example, if I was coaching Marie, one of the things I would say is, you know, communicate with your son every day, like what's going on today, what's going on tomorrow, what's going on the next day, because then you can be in sync. And it's kind of like running a daily huddle, like we do in our company. Like the more you get people in sync and talk about what's going on today and tomorrow, you can actually prevent a lot of those disasters from happening. So Marie, I feel bad for you, but if you're listening to this, uh, I'm sure you've already resolved that (laughs) because, because of all the internal training that we do. So there you go. All right, let's talk about the three things then that are critical to have with a family calendar. So at this point, I'm pretty sure you know that having a family calendar is a good idea. But Brooks, what are some of the things that you would recommend people take into account when they want to set up their family calendar? Okay, so the three things that, to my mind, are critical to have when you have a family calendar. Number one is it needs to be complete. It has to have the things that everyone is up to. So the kids' activities, the parents' activities, even things, sometimes their parents' activities that impact the other spouse, and sometimes it's more of an FYI, but really everything should be on there. Now, I'm not saying that you need to structure every every minute of your day on this family calendar. That's not what I'm saying. But the things that you do have going on need to be on there so that everybody can trust that it's safe to schedule something if they see there's availability on the calendar. So that's number one. Number two is the calendar needs to be accessible. So ideally what you want to be able to do is everyone needs to be able to get at that calendar. And ideally you want to have some version of a calendar that you can access when you're not at home. Because a lot of times we make plans when we're out visiting friends, we bump into somebody, we say, hey, let's get together, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not the fake, hey, let's together, like you're actually making plans. <laughs> you want to be able to see right then and there, yeah, let's let's schedule something, or that sort of thing. So you want it to be accessible, ideally. And then number three, it needs to be visible. So what that means, it needs to be really easy for everybody to see at a glance. So it needs to be like one tap away, one glance away. It needs to be somewhere visible in the house if it's a, a wall calendar or something like that. Ideally, it's really visible so that everybody can see it. Otherwise, it just doesn't get used and then you can't trust it anymore. So those are the three things, complete, accessible, and visible. So C-A-V, complete, accessible, visible. So if you're like me, you like to use acronyms to remind yourself of stuff. That's something I always like to do, especially if it's only three things or four things. That's how we also came up with the T framework, where if you want to diagnose your productivity challenges, just look at T, T-E-A, right? Time, energy, or attention. One of those three things is probably missing in your life. So we can kind of take that approach and do that here as well. So Brooks, you're talking about having, you know, C-A-V in place. What is then kind of like the tech stack, right? Like, let's get specific and detailed here. Okay, what is the tech stack that you use personally in your family? Is it analog? Is it digital? Is it a combination of both? Like, what do you actually use? Ideally, what you want to do is you want to have a shared digital calendar, something that both, even if the the kids don't access it, at least the parents access it, if there's two parents, obviously, so that it's a shared digital calendar that both of you can access. There's 
lots of different ways you can do it. There's Google Calendar. That's what my family does. If you're all in in the Apple ecosystem, go ahead and use iCloud. Or if you're using Outlook, you know, you can use that. But whatever it is, it should be something that all relevant family members can access and see and add things to. So that's the digital component. That's that's what we use uh, Google Calendar. Also, what we found really, really helpful is having an analog calendar as well that just has the big picture things, the big rocks in a visible place in the house. So you could do have a big wall calendar. I always growing up, my family, we always had a just a, a paper wall calendar you could get a bit fancier and use like a new year calendar which are nice and big, or you can use a whiteboard. And that's actually what my family does. We have a, I'll post a picture of it in the show notes actually, because what we did, and this is to solve the visibility problem because my wife and I found that we needed a focal point for the whole family where we could see and talk about the calendar and have it visible. So what we did is we have a whiteboard And it's at the bottom of the stairs in our in our house. So you literally cannot walk downstairs from the bedrooms without seeing that calendar every time you come downstairs, because right there at the bottom of the stairs. And that's what we do. And it's worked really well for us. When I was growing up, my parents didn't really use a digital calendar because the technology just wasn't really around at that time. So we just had to use paper calendars. And we always had the Asian calendar so to speak so yeah. we had if you ever visited asian household you know exactly what i'm talking about it's this like big calendar it has this like usually red frame has lots of papers you can like rip off each day if you wanted to or you have like this big wall calendar that has like a, a year oversight but the big thing always on there was lunar new year right or chinese new year or some people call it like everybody would always know every single year the exact date when Lunar New Year was. And that's the most important thing. And then the other thing that was really important to know was if somebody said, hey, let's meet on the 19th, you would just be able to look it up real quickly and say, oh, 19th, that's a Tuesday. Okay, yeah, that, that, that should be okay. And then we were good to go. So I'm really fortunate that we live in an age where all of us can use a Google Calendar or something that is cloud-based. And we go into more detail about the tech stack that you can use in some of the other calendar episodes that I mentioned in the beginning. So if you want to get access to those episodes, just check the show notes of this one and tap on one of those links and you'll be able to uh, listen to this episode, right? So Brooks, when it comes to best practices for using calendar, we've talked a lot about that in previous episodes, but when it comes to the family situation specifically, What are some other nuances or things that people should be aware of? All right. The first thing is to make sure to capture everything. So like I said, if there's anything relevant to the family, make sure to capture it as quickly as possible and get it on your calendar. That's the first one so that you can trust it. Number two, like we talked about, make sure everyone can view or access it, even the kids. Teach them as young of an age as possible to look at the calendar and know what's going on. And it helps teach them responsibility. And again, it helps with that setting expectations. And then you want to decide the platform that you're going to use. So so have a conversation. Much easier if everybody's on the same page. We've had some, some discussions in the dojo recently, for example, where someone has said, oh, I use iCloud, but my husband uses a different app. And, you know, we're not 
using the same thing and it's just how do we keep in sync it's just much easier for all concerned if you're able to all use the same platform and if one's an android and one's a an iphone that's totally fine use google calendar or something like that but decide on a platform and for the family and stick with it will make it a lot easier for you like i said teach kids about the importance of the calendar and knowing what's going on and what's what have them as an active participant in creating the calendar, deciding what's happening, putting things on, show them what's going on on the calendar, get them involved as early as possible. In TPS 232, we talked to Julie Morgenstern, who released a book called Time to Parent. So we had a conversation about a lot of these topics in that episode. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely check it out. TPS 232 will have a link to the show note. And some of the things that she recommends is, and it, again, it's funny how a lot of these things we talk about parallel the work world as well. So one tip that she gives for a family is have a centralized master calendar. And we even talked about this in our TPS 233 episode with digital and analog of having a master digital calendar, something that even if you have other things for people to look at, you have one canonical place where you know everything lives. So she recommends having a centralized master calendar. It's good if it's digital, but it can still be something else if a digital just doesn't work for your family. But you need to have one central place that has everything. Another tip she gives, even though you do want to have the kids involved... You want to have one adult as the keeper of the master calendar. So everyone can put things on it. Everyone can view it. But ideally, you want to have one person, at least, especially at the beginning, that's responsible for it. So, for example, when I started implementing some of this stuff in our family, it was really me that was driving. And I've told the, the story on the podcast before of how initially my wife was a little skeptical of or it just wasn't her thing to use a shared digital calendar. It wasn't really something she was into so it was me even if it was something that she was doing even if she was going to book club or she was going with friends or something like that I would put it on the digital calendar I took it upon myself to be responsible for that calendar and eventually you know she started put, putting things on too and that was great but if I was sitting there saying hey how come you don't put that appointment on the calendar then that's just becoming annoying for her and then it's just becoming another source of conflict. So you, ideally, you want one person to be responsible for putting that on there. So those are some tips. I've seen this too, where if you make everybody responsible for it, then nobody is really responsible for it. So it's always a good idea to put one person in place. Even when you run a business, when you have a partnership, it's always better to have one person to really say, Hey, you're the boss, you're the one in control and you know, you make the final decision and then the other partner can always, you know, chime in and counter that. But I can see that being in the family even more important. And when you train your kids, Brooks, is it as militant as we are where at least internally, like you have to do this, do that. This is the SOP. You must know how to do this. You must know this procedure or is it kind of like a finesse thing where you slowly over time just teach them? Yeah, it's more a it's more a modeling behavior and and finesse sort of thing. You you have to expect that. You, again, you don't want something if you're trying to convince somebody to do something and do it because it's 
it's something that they should do versus something they're forced to do. Being annoying about it and making it conflict is not the greatest strategy. So, so for me, it's about modeling behavior. If they're asking about something, show them where they can look it up. And actually, the next thing we're going to talk about really helps with that because it creates a routine and then they it just by involving them in it instead of just forcing them it makes it more something they just do innately i've always thought if i have a kid i'm definitely going to make him or her a calendar ninja just color coded you know make it as pretty as you want but it's going to be totally cloud-based you're going to use the best app ever possible and you're just going to be so optimized and efficient that's like you're just going to be so Asian efficient that is just amazing to see and just would make me extremely proud. But uh, <laughs> we're not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the way that we've we've got them involved in, and this is another tip that both Julie Morgison talks talked about in her Time to Parent book, but it's something that we do at Asian Efficiency is we have a, a daily huddle where we talk about what's going on that day and we talk we look at our board and see what's happening. And so one thing you can do, and one thing I really, really recommend you do is have a calendar huddle for the family. Not everybody is going to remember everything that's going on. And it's really good if you can talk out your day or talk out your week with the family. So any conflicts are figured out ahead of time. Now, in Time to Parent, Julie Morgenstern recommends doing it daily. So daily getting the family together, going over the calendar. If that works for your family schedule, great. If not, that might be a little harder to do. What we do in my family is we do it weekly. So on Sunday morning, it's just part of our routine. We'll sit down and like I said, our it's kind of funny, but like I said, our calendar, our whiteboard calendar is at the bottom of the stairs. So on Sunday morning, we all sit on the stairs and talk through the week what's on the whiteboard calendar. Sometimes I write it the week on. Sometimes my son wants to do it. It's actually better if he does it because I'm left-handed. So any left-handed people know left-handers and whiteboards is not a great combination. (laughs) So my whiteboard writing isn't the best. But basically what we do is we talk about it and then we'll say maybe I'll have everything that I've gotten off our Google Calendar write it down. This actually happened just yesterday, we did our calendar huddle in the morning. I wrote everything down. And then my oldest son got up and grabbed a pen with his color because we have it color coded for everybody's. Everybody has their own calendar color on the calendar. And he wrote uh, a field trip and that I didn't even know about. So that is the sort of thing that happens. So now we know about it at the beginning of the week. And I'm not surprised on Wednesday when all of a sudden my son has a field trip that I didn't know about because we talked about it earlier in the week. Marie on the AE team, we've referenced a few times, we were talking about this and she says what she does is she she does it with her son when she's driving. So they use that transportation time to kind of sync up and talk about what it is that's going on. I like the idea of getting everybody involved. And I'm also assuming when you said that she's driving that she's not checking her phone at the same (laughs) time. Yeah, I hope not. (laughs) I hope not. But however you do it, it's good because then you, you, like I said, you keep in touch with everybody, what everybody's doing. You sort out the logistics. There's no surprises. You remind the kids of the things that they're supposed to do. You remind them, oh, we have on the calendar that there's a field trip coming up. Is there a permission form I need to sign? Something like that. 
And uh, in, in that time to parent book that I've referenced a few times, there's a quote that I like. It says, she says, spending 10 to 15 minutes a day, even over dinner, you can combine it with other things you're doing, like Marie does with driving, will keep you attuned to each other and save hours of chaos and damage control. And uh, any parent will know that that is so, so true. I like how you like rotate where different people of your family have to write on the whiteboard because mm. again, drawing parallels with how we run things at AE, we have every single week, somebody else run the daily huddle, right? So you might be writing on the whiteboard one week and then somebody else will do it. And then another person will do it. Same thing in our team. Somebody else will run the daily huddle every week and it's going to be a different person. And the whole idea there is everybody's engaged, everybody's involved. And as everybody starts doing stuff like this, they're more bought in, you know, they understand the processes, they understand things that need to be brought up or discussed. And so you just disperse all this information and processes to all of the people on the team, quote unquote, or in this case, your family, much quicker too. So if somebody is just part of the meeting and they sit there passively for, you know, a whole year, they kind of logically understand what's going on, but when they actually have to teach it or actually conduct a meeting or actually run it, and then it just internalizes it even more, right? So as we're going through this episode, I'm also realizing, hey, you know, if you're listening right now and you want to implement some of these things here, one of the best things you can do is just start teaching your kids what we just talked about and just teaching to them, like, what's the you know value of a calendar? How do we plan to use it? Like, how do I envision that we should, you know, sit together and communicate these things? And as you're communicating and trying to teach that, you're also internalizing it yourself as well. So I think one of the best things you can do as the next action of this podcast episode is just really teaching some of the stuff here that we talked about today. Yeah, and a calendar is a really good way to teach kids about time management in general because, and it, like I said, my oldest son's 13, so he's in in high school now. This is his first year of high school. But especially as they're heading towards high school, all of a sudden they're in control of their time. They have to manage their time. So teaching kids their calendar earlier is a great opportunity to teach them about things, you know, the general things we talk about at AE, time blocking, prioritization, saying yes to this thing will make you say no to this other thing. All that sort of thing can really become uh, a calendar can be a great tool for teaching and not just planning, essentially. So let me ask you this then, Brooks. When I come visit you next time and I look at your calendar, or if I ever uh, have a sneak peek of what your calendar looks like, even though I do have access to your work calendar, I've never looked at it, so I wouldn't even know <laughs> what's on there. But if I had a sneak peek on your calendar, uh, whether it was a home or the family calendar and having that all synchronized, like you have literally everything mapped out to like the 15 minutes or do you have a lot of unscheduled time as well or that is just unstructured? Like how, what's the expectation there or what would you like to communicate to everybody that's listening to say how, like how should you actually schedule it into what detail? I'm a big believer in leaving space for unstructured time. We actually... A couple of years ago, we kind of got in a, we said yes to too many things. So we had a lot of times on weekends, we would be going from this sporting event to that sporting event to that sport. Like literally my son would be, we'd be in the car and he'd be taking one of his jerseys off from this soccer game, putting on his ball hockey jersey and then leaving the ball hockey game and putting on a different soccer jersey for a different thing. And it just became 
too a too crazy for the family because we're always driving around all over the place but it's in a way not fair to them even though even though it's something the kids wanted to do at least it, they wanted to do when they said yes to doing it but it didn't leave enough time for just unstructured just playtime hanging out with friends time going for a walk in the woods beside our house time so i i really think that when you're planning your calendar for the family you know obviously have those those big rocks and things to do on there but it's not a bad idea especially on weekends as much as possible to schedule in some un, this is gonna sound funny but schedule in some unstructured time that whether you put that on the calendar or it's just a mental thing so that you you have time open just to spend time together as a family versus driving all over the city so that's one thing i would recommend just based on personal experience Anybody who has ever tried to plan every 15 minutes of your day can testify that it is never a good idea. Um, it might work in the very short term if you want to accomplish certain things and get a lot of things out the door, but it's just not sustainable as a lifestyle or something that you can keep up with for the long term. So I'm a big believer as well in just keeping blocks open for whatever spontaneity comes up. Right. So for example, this past week, I had two friends coming into town that I had no, no clue about that they were coming and they also didn't know each other. So I ended up organizing a social hour for them and invited all these people. And if I had everything planned out the whole week, then I would have never been able to show up for them and spend time with them. So it's just little things like that will, will always pop up. So I'm, I'm a big believer of leaving blocks of time for you to do whatever you want to do as well. So Brooks, to kind of end the episode here, what kind of action items do we want to pass on to the listeners here today? Like, as everybody knows at Asian Efficiency, everything that you learn from us and can expect from us is simple and actionable. And this podcast episode is no different. So let's end it on an actionable takeaway here. So Brooks, what would you recommend that people do? Okay, so if you don't have a family calendar already, or if you do, but you're not, it's not, maybe not, you don't think it's as effective as it could be for you. What I would start with is decide either if you have a partner, decide with your partner, or if it's just you decide on yourself, decide what calendar you're going to use, what platform you're going to use, what it's going to be, and make sure it is complete, accessible, and visible for everybody. A lot of us, uh, myself included, tend to skew towards the nerdier side of things and can have awesome, whole bunch of different calendars set up in Google calendars, different color coded for this type of thing and that type of thing. My personal opinion, especially when dealing with others, the simpler is the better if it means people will use it. So what's the simplest calendar setup you can have that is complete, accessible, and visible for everybody? That's number one. Number two, talk to the family, establish the routines and the expectations about making sure that everything that impacts the family is on the calendar whether it's something that will actually take someone else's time or an FYI so that they should know what's happening, even if maybe they're at their day job or something like that, make sure that everything that impacts the family is on the calendar. That's number two. And number three, establish some sort of calendar huddle routine, whether it's weekly or if you can pull it off daily, have a routine so that everybody is up to date on the calendar and you have that time to plan and figure things out together. Those are the three action items. I love it. And as I mentioned, if you have a significant other, you have kids, definitely teach it to them as well. 
And if you run a business, you probably see a lot of parallels that you can implement in your business as well. So I really love this episode. And thank you, Brooks, for sharing your wisdom here today. At Asian Efficiency, we believe that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your personal life to get things done. You should be able to get it all done in the time you have. We've helped tens of thousands of people increase their productivity. And inside the dojo, we have a calendar course that shows you how to use a calendar to maximize your productivity. We'll show you which apps and tools we recommend, how to set it up step by step, and the best practices for using calendars. If you enjoyed today's episode, then you are going to love this calendar course we have inside the dojo. The dojo is an all-access membership to the Asian Efficiency Community and Productivity course. For very limited time, you can get access for just $1 for your first month. Just go to theproductivityshow.com slash dojo. And again, the URL is theproductivityshow.com slash dojo. Sign up today for just $1 and you get immediate access to the calendar course. You can also find links to everything we discussed today in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 235. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us an iTunes review or star in Overcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next Productive Monday.